How's it going? It's it's going. How was your raid last night? You know, it didn't happen. What? Yep. You should have messaged me. It was like 20 minutes past when it was supposed to happen, and one of the guys had something come up, so he couldn't go. And he was like the one of the people putting it together. So, oh. yeah. And then uh, I think we were short a few people anyway, because we like it was a kind of a last minute, hey, let's get a group together decision on Friday. Uh-huh. And then, you know, so we still need to grab a few more people, but. I still have another uh, group that we raid with on Sunday nights. So the only thing is even though they start an hour earlier than what my guild did, they still raid pretty late. And then getting up early makes um, work on Monday not so fun. So I completely understand that. So, yeah. Um, How about you? How, How was your week? How's the whole house moving ordeal going? Did you see my hair? No. I'm pretty sure I have more gray hair no, because so. of this week. So we found out that our appraiser did not go this week. As a matter of fact, they are scheduled to go Tuesday, which pushes our closing date back two weeks. Jesus. Yes. Two weeks is so, a long time just because somebody didn't go and appraise a house for you. Yeah. Why two weeks? So, well, because... Th- the closing date that they have for us is actually, I think we originally were supposed to close on the second uh, and it actually got pushed back to the sixth, but because I work and I, there's just no way that I can take the six off due yeah. to the work schedule. There's already so many people off. I've got to push it. I have to push it to the ninth. So well, we're going to try to close on Monday. That sucks. So I, I can uh, have a have a few days to like get the U-Haul packed, yeah. get to where we're going, find somewhere to stay for the night, sign the morning, and get moved in th- by the afternoon. Hopefully, because that's and we've got to do all this with animals. <laughs> <laughs> that's not stressful uh, at all. Yeah, yeah, and then of course we've. I will say between family and friends, you know how bad things happen in threes. Yep. Oh, well, no, I'm not really considering the appraisal pushback a bad thing, considering. Yeah. Um, so between family and friends this week, we have had a death, a divorce, and someone go to jail. <laughs> so it has Jeez. been um, it has been quite the week. I will say that. So anyways, that was my week. Man. You almost got like something for a dramatic comedy movie. I'm telling you, I, I where's a uh, Hallmark? Come you on, could Hallmark. throw a little British humor behind it. And I think that would make it a pretty rocking movie. I'd watch it. It'd be like four deaths and a funeral. Exactly. <laughs> She's ready. I don't know if you're crying or if you're laughing so hard you're crying, but either way, tears will be rolling. Yeah, it's been a, it's been quite, quite a week. So, but guess what? What? I survived. That's what matters. So it's early on Sunday. This is not our norm. So, uh, what are you drinking? Do you have beer in your mug or do you have coffee? Nope, nope. I'm actually drinking coffee. Coffee actual in the mug. Coffee, coffee, coffee in the mug.
my dog is really upset that I'm drinking coffee. Leonidas! Hey! Oi! Don't look at me like that. I'm about to kick your ass out. You don't need to see what's about to happen. I like that he gave you two barks and then laid down and stared at you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll be here. Okay. Okay. I'll be right back. I'm going to kill a Rottweiler. Okay, good luck. I think this is where Sabrina would be like, elevator music, elevator music, elevator music. You ever see a hundred pound dog have the zoomies? I'm sure that's it's entertaining. entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> the brakes probably don't work as well as the little dog zoomies. Yeah. They just have to keep going. Yes. Uh, what else? Uh, my week was okay. Uh, three days of it I spent with migraines, so that's exciting. Um, I, I think I'm just going to make another appointment with my doctor and be like, so physical therapy is and isn't helping. Mm -hmm. uh, what can we do now? I'm yeah. also looking for a chiropractor because my sister suffers really bad migraines and swears by it. So They can do amazing things. Yeah. Crack you like a glow stick. Yeah, might need that. And hopefully get some kind of relief because three days down is not good for anything. Not good for wow. Not good for work. Not good for homework. Not good for you. You gotta stretch. You gotta work. You gotta get some vitamin D. Get that sunlight in my, in, my, in my eyeballs. Yeah. Without, you know, your head exploding. Yes. So, um, and then last night, my husband and I were playing WoW, and mm -hmm. you have to do, like, to unlock one of these mounts, you have to do, like, this series of quest things. There's five different steps, and you have to collect five different rings. And oh. once you get all the rings, then you find where this hand mount is hiding. It's like this gloved, like, malicious-looking hand mount. Oh, my God, it runs so funny. <laughs> it run, it like runs on these two fingers and these two are curled under so it's just like running along but it's on like the tippy toes of the armor and then when it jumps it does like this weird flail thing oh my god it's <laughs> like it is so entertaining that is hilarious and then um like beside the mount before you activate it there's a book like a lore book that you can pick up and read it stays in your bag and so of course i was like i'll read it so basically, long story short, is each of these hand mounts, there's four of them. They belong oh. to some very sinister titans, I think is what they called them. But the titans belong to the Shadowlands. Okay. And they were so arrogant and so just conniving that when they got, like, when they died on the real world and went down to the Shadowlands, they thought they could overthrow the jailer, who was, like, over on charge. I guess you could put it in, like, a wow hill type mentality okay yeah. and so the jailer found them to be worthy of you know being titans on his planet and then they the four of them got together and tried to overthrow the jailer it lost horribly of course and to like as a reminder of, you know don't try to fucking 
backstab me, I'm going to sever each one of your hands from each of you and then disperse them across the Shadowlands. Wow. So one you can unlock just doing a little questing. And then the other ones, two of them are time-gated. So you have to complete a certain series of things. And then I think one of them is another random drop from a mob. Ooh. Those random drops are so hard to yes, get. It's stupid. <sighs> but yeah. Well, that's really kind of cool, but though. But they run. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. I'll have to send you a little video. Or pull it up. I'm sure you can Google it. That's hilarious. But yes. And then um, as far as homework goes, I've realized like when this whole COVID thing and travel opens back up and all that good jazz... Might have to take a trip to Singapore. Oh. Like, because in my class, you learn about it. It's pretty good. Might have to go. Okay. They're very technologically advanced. Well, that's mm-hmm. cool. Huh. You know, just to go. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were so advanced. Yeah. Shows you how much uh, I pay attention to Singapore. Yeah, don't worry. I, You know, I didn't either. And being an aviation sailor and not a naval sailor, um, never had the opportunity to go. You know, none of them fancy port calls and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, might have to go. And I think it'd be much more enjoyable as a leisure trip and not a, hey, you got three days in port trip. Right. <laughs> So right. definitely we'll have to plan that out at some point in my life before I'm 80 and too old to walk. If I even make it that 80 far. 80 and too old to walk. Yeah. Other than that. Oh, All right. oh, 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 I've already made a post on our social media, but we have coasters and stickers. Coasters and stickers. They actually look really good. Yes. I'm so excited. Like they're sitting here on my desk. I'm going to grab one. I'll show you. Grab one. Please, please show us. So. Oh, came in a box. I did. Okay. I did, I did. But the coasters, oh. they're pretty good. Like, for being Durable? like a cardboardy type material. Yeah. Like, they put a nice finish on top, I guess, to help keep it last longer. But, like, it's pretty, pretty sturdy. I think they look, they, they came out pretty good. Yeah, I like and it. I love stickers. how it's the brown. Oh, it's so fancy. It's holographic, so tiny. <laughs> and there we have it. It's so tiny. So like a little two inch by two inch sticker. It's beautiful. But now I'm thinking like we need to get a rectangle ones that say hashtag coffee chaos chatter. So that I think will yeah. be our next one. Well, you know, I immediately was thinking, uh, I may put that on my little, uh, my cup, my, uh, my travel cup. Oh, yeah. I put stickers on my travel cup. Yep. Every time I get a sticker, that's where it goes. I've got uh, breast cancer awareness stickers all over it. Yeah. And they've lasted for years. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Years. Multiple washes. Well, hopefully these <laughs> last for years. I'm sure that they would. I'm going to put one on my laptop. I'm going to need you to but yeah. ship me a couple. So, yeah. Well, uh... I was going to do that, but I need to know, like, do you want me to hold on to it till after you move? Yes. That's what I thought. Okay. Just making sure. Yes.
Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to another episode of Coffee Chaos Chatter. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you almost sound like I'm one of those Gina. ASMR videos, like little soundtracks. <laughs> All right, anyways, continue. Sorry. I'm Oh my god. I'm Sabrina and I'm going to kill my dog. Nice. Oi. Uh, and I have Sarah here with me. And my attitude adjustment. That's that's a very good one. Did it work? It did. He got down and he stopped. Okay. And I apologize, folks. My dog's on one this morning because he's trying to eat my cat. Um. Anyway, so another episode. Another episode of Coffee Chaos Chatter. I'm Sabrina. Got Sarah here with Hi, me. Hi, people. How's it going? Uh, today's. <laughs> Uh, today's episode, we are talking about one topic. One. Well, one only. it's like one topic with two bits. It is two bits of one topic. Top, talk it. One taco. One talking. <laughs> wow. Two bits of one talking. <laughs> one talking. And yes. Uh, so um, Sarah's actually going to start off the topic. Yep. Uh, and then I'm going to do the second tidbit that probably a lot of people don't know. But it's kind of like our little discussion thingy. Yeah, it's our discussion topic. Yeah. But um, sticking with the ley line, like energy, mystery of the world thing. Huh? Well, yeah, that is yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I'll be talking about the Bermuda Triangle, which is pretty interesting. And Sabrina will be. I will be talking about <laughs> the Alaska Triangle. Which I actually did. Which is like the Bermuda Triangle, but in Alaska. Which I didn't know we had. A lot of people do not know about the Alaskan Triangle. It is so fascinating. So what are the boundaries for that? Because like the ones for the Bermuda are pretty <laughs> well known. Uh, I will discuss that. I have questions. That's actually one of the first things that I talked These about. These are discussions. We are having a discussion. Oh, like right now? So the very, <laughs> very northern part of the is Barrow, B-A-R-R-O, Alaska. Okay. Then you go straight south to Anchorage. Yeah, okay. And then you go east to Juneau. Oh, so it's like... And then like you go back up to... Just in Alaska. Okay. Alaska is pretty big. Yeah. So... It is. All right. It's, uh... Like 32,000 square miles. Wow. That's pretty big for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, 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 okay. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. I think the Bermuda Triangle, I mean, obviously, that's the most known. <laughs> Both of us have issues is. with dogs this morning. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we cha- change our time to podcast, folks. Yeah, it's, it's... You get to hear the craziness <laughs> of our lives. Welcome. Um, if Sarah doesn't edit out ninety percent of it, which I'm sure she I will, probably will. We'll, we'll see. Though this was that was pretty entertaining, so I might just leave it. <laughs> so yeah, so um, the the Bermuda Triangle covers a lot more. <laughs> and Sarah doesn't even have a dog. No, it's people in the complexes, dogs. Uh, so the Bermuda Triangle covers 500,000 square miles of the Atlantic. So it's a pretty big section and it touches multiple 
regions. So uh, the Bermuda is the southernmost tip of Florida, though some people kind of argue like where that southernmost tip is. Um, then it goes across to Bermuda, so the island of Bermuda, of course, and then over to San Juan, Puerto Rico. So it's a pretty vast section of ocean that is highly traveled by multiple forms of travel. Yeah. Planes, planes trains. Well, not trains. Boats. <laughs> not cars. <laughs> Definitely planes and, and, and boats, though. A lot of the stories or like the mysteries around the Bermuda Triangle is due to the amount of missing ships and planes, um, unexplained compass readings. Uh, the fact that ships right before they go in, you know, report no distress or no issues and then disappear um, with no distress signals ever made. And then there are some other like strange happenings um, like bright lights in the area or uh, ships that just sail around without a crew, which I thought that like that's creepy. And every time I like as I was doing my that's research, a good ship. yeah, every time I was doing my research and I read about a ship that had no crew, I'm like, it's haunted. <laughs> oh, for sure, there are ghosties there over are there. Ghosties on this ship. Stay away from the ship. Anyway, so I thought that was like the Bermuda Triangle has been such a, a thing for so long. Um, they said that the name, the actual name of it wasn't christened until 16 or 1964 when Vincent Gaddis wrote an article called the deadly, deadly Bermuda triangle. But it's like in my research, it says that Shakespeare and Christopher Columbus have also mentioned this in their writings and in their logbooks. So like Shakespeare's the Tempest, uh, a lot of historians believe that this poem or book is based on an actual shipwreck within the Bermuda Triangle area, which would be very oh. interesting. Like, I have to do more on that, but yeah. Um, but The Tempest is a tale of shipwreck and sorcery. Um, I'm kind of actually interested to read it, just to see what it's about. Christopher Columbus wrote in his logbook on his way over that his compass went haywire uh, he kept seeing strange lights, and then he saw a burst of flame falling into the sea. A lot of people have debunked this as being probably a small meteor or, you know, something that is explainable for that time. Yeah. Um, so that part has been, you know, kind of debunked. The other part, though, is the Haywire Compass. And they're saying that the Bermuda Triangle is one of the only places in the world where true north and magnetic north, magnetic north line up. So Ooh. that explains why all of a sudden your compass will, like, you know, go north. Skits yeah. out. So yeah. they're saying that back in the day when they did, you know, selling on wooden ships type stuff, that um, captains and sailors were taught to ensure that their compass was constantly calibrated because of things like that. Like haywire compasses could lead you astray for sure. But they also mentioned that this was a very difficult thing to do within the Bermuda Triangle just because how strong that current, magnetic current was. So. Okay. I suppose that, you know, that could be explainable. Well, yeah. I mean, it's cray-cray. It's just. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, you also have to think, like, well, I guess they did because a compass is pretty much magnetized yeah even back then they had a way to do that 
So well, outside of yeah. reading the stars. So I guess if you have like a jacket yeah. compass, you might want to start reading the stars. But uh, one of the issues with the Bermuda Triangle, I can't remember. I'll have to look up the website. But they're saying that even though it generally looks like a very calm seas type area, um, a lot of storms and squalls will come through like in the afternoon to evening hours. That's easy to explain having a weather background. Um, but like living on that part of the world, like in Florida, I know from, you know, you could put your money on it from one to five, you're going to have thunderstorms. So it kind of has the same effect in the ocean because you have warm, moist water rising, you make clouds, clouds make storms, you know, so yeah, they think a lot of ships are then caught up in these small storms that they weren't expecting because of the way the atmospherics work. Mm-hmm. But you know, back uh, Christopher Columbus days, early sailing days, the so Bermuda was nicknamed the Devil's Island uh, by early sea travelers who were terrified of the animal sounds they could hear on shore. So they could hear mm-hmm. wild pigs, crazy sounding birds. You know, for somebody that came from Europe, that was probably the strangest thing they'd fucking heard. Like, don't go over there. Like, you will be bewitched by a siren, you know. So, Devil's Island was then dubbed by these sailors. And then, as they sailed past, if they weren't looking to port, they, you know, the in Pirates of the Caribbean, like the, la- the latest one, where you just see all the shipwrecks and the Spanish ship is, like, stuck forever on that reef. That's kind of yeah. what it looks like in the area surrounding the Bermuda Triangle. And it's... A lot of the ships from the early days that sank is because they're, uh, what is it called? Hole? No, yeah, well, the hole, but it's called something when it's underwater. I am the worst sailor in the world. Anyways, that part of the ship. Um, yeah, the hull. H, like the, the yeah, hull yeah, yeah, of the yeah, ship. Yeah, but they call the it bottom. something else. The berth? I thought the berth was up top. No, I don't know. Boy. Anyway, so, uh, Ships back then, much bigger, had a a wider hole and a deeper hole. So they would end up stuck on the deep water reef and thus either sunk or severely damaged or just trapped, you know. So uh, to this day, there are hundreds of shipwreck below and within the Bree Meadow Triangle. A lot of divers go there looking for ships that have disappeared to verify that they have disappeared or if they can be found. Yeah. Um, very few ships have been confirmed to be ones that have been lost for decades, whereas others are just, we have no idea where the ship came from, kind of. Oh, wow. So I thought that was actually pretty cool as well. Um, there is also, um, I do have a quick question. I'm sorry. You would think with the wooden ships, wouldn't they decay after? So many years? Because it's wood in the water. Yes and no. The properties of like seawater help preserve it for a lot longer. And then on top of it, like fish and reefs and coral and stuff make that its home. So it ends up being more like a petrified seawood type thing. Got it. Okay. Uh, So, but yes, parts of it still decay and stuff, but there's still sections that are, you know, remain, remaining. My coffee's still kicking in because that made total sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it, people. So, We're doing this early in the morning. Yeah. Kind of. But. So I think, I guess it just right. depends on how well the ship was maintained before, like the oil coating and all that. And then. Yeah. 
how damaged it was when it went down. Um, there is a section within the Bermuda Triangle called the Saragosso Sea. There, uh, like according to some of the research that I did, it's just a region in the Atlantic bound by four currents. So basically, it's just a giant spinning current. So it kind of makes its own ocean gyre. So like a whirlpool. But it's so vast, like it's not going to make a sinkhole type thing, you know. But you're yeah. constantly stuck in this spinning around type scenario. Um, it is very unique and distinct from other parts of the Atlantic, just based based on its seaweed. So it has a seaweed named after it, and it's very calm blue water. So, of course, with that, that yeah, sailors or yeah, sailors and their tells talk about boats and sailboats being stranded forever in a windless expanse of water. So it's so calm. So I guess if you run out of gas, wow. you're fucked. Right. <laughs> Don't run out of gas. No wind. <laughs> My bad. So, yeah. Well, that's cool. So I got it. Like, I found a couple of really interesting stories. One of them I've heard before. And I also have, like, a little, like, a hearsay story that I got from one of the guys when I worked at uh, Aviation Squadron. Okay. And then um, from there, I have some theories that surround the Bermuda Triangle. Like, just kind of little okay. highlight points. I didn't go into details because it would have taken... A five-hour podcast for sure. So over the past 500 years, at least 50 ships and 20 aircraft have, have vanished without a trace. But that's just what they're counting. There's no telling how many people have gone on a leisurely flight or sail yeah. and just gone. Many of them disappeared in calm waters without a distress signal. But some of these have been debunked. And a lot of the ships that have disappeared are due to a sudden storm blowing through the region. And then... Like, they didn't have time to send out a distress call. The thing about that, though, is if you have that much magnetic interference or that much energy in a region, like, who's to say that doesn't fuck with your comms equipment? Distress? Yeah. That was exactly what I was thinking, but I wasn't going to say anything just yet. But I'm pretty sure that somebody tried to send a distress signal because if you're going down... That is the first thing you are taught. Yeah. If you are stranded or if anything is happening, send out an SOS. And I feel like they tried and it just didn't go through. through. I mean, that's logic. That's just common sense. Yeah. If you're going down, you're going to send a signal and you're going to hold on to hope for as long as you can. And like storms don't hit that sudden like you'll still see them forming like yes they'll probably develop very quickly but not yeah in an amount of time where you can't just coming up on some weather should probably turn around let me send a distress signal just in case yeah that doesn't make sense yeah anyway it's a bermuda triangle man oh man it's a very strange place um it is so when and it's got a twin yeah, little one up in the north. The fucking the America. Why are we so broken? <laughs> well, we don't have enough time for that podcast. <laughs> Not today, anyway. <laughs> All right. So Flight 19 is one of the more famous tales, and it is a story or tale of five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers that took off out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The Avengers? Not a... Not those Avengers. I'm sure oh. they would have survived the Bermuda Triangle. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Captain America 
off. And With Thor. A great ass. Anyway. <laughs> so these five torpedo bombers in 1945 took off for a routine training mission. Their last radio contact was at 4 p.m., but all five planes and all 27 men were never seen or heard from again. They sent two, like, Euler-type rescue planes to go and find them. Both disappeared as well. So there's theories behind it that the captain of the team of torpedo bombers actually showed up to work drunk, didn't wear his watch, didn't have his compass calibrated, didn't take maps. Like, back then, the Navy, like, I wouldn't put it past them, but at the same time, like, there's four other fucking planes. Mutiny had to have happened at some point. Like, mm-hmm. sir, we're lost. What do we do? No, just keep flying till we find our way. Like, come on. Something about that anyway. that theory is kind of broken to me. Um, well, that's like grasping for straws. Well, not only that, but how do you like, prove that? Yeah, you don't. Unless it was that's fucking just... documented somewhere or there's a voice recording like memo to self fucking drunk today. Going to do a training flight like. <laughs> Sorry, hon. I'm going to be missing today because I'm going in drunk and <clears throat> we're doing a training mission. Love you. Never see you again. Fuck, I forgot my watch. Oh, well, you know, come on. So, and then they're saying that one of the rescue planes was seen crashing. Like, they saw the explosion and smoke and stuff from it off the coast. Which, okay, like, uh, that I could believe. But where did the other one go? Yeah. And who saw it? Who's the witness? Where is this documented? Can I get the newspaper article? Yeah. So, anyway. Because that would be a big thing. That's a lot of planes and a lot Mm -hmm. of men that were never seen or heard from again. And, like, there was no debris recovered. They're saying that the uh, the one of the rescue planes, like, a, a few weeks later, the debris started washing up on shore. So, okay. Like, okay. that, okay. I can believe that. But the other five torpedo bombers and the other rescue plane, like. Never be. Yeah, that doesn't make any doesn't sense. Doesn't make any sense. You would think if one would wash up, they would all wash up. Right. Because the currents all go in the same way. Yeah. Oh. Unless they're in that endless circle. Which is possible. So there's that one. This next story is the one that reminded me of Ghost Ship. So in oh. 1881, Ellen Austin, an American schooner, so that's like your big sailboat with two masts and lots of sails. Uh, okay. She was on her way from New York to New York from London, and she stumbled across a derelict ship near the Bermuda Triangle. Everything... No, after two days of observation, Captain Baker of the Ellen Austin decided to board the vessel. Nope. Everything on the vessel was fine. Like, it was pristine nope. condition, no signs of struggle. Get back on your no boat. Signs, Go back <laughs> your- no signs of pirating. <laughs> it had full cargo holds, all of the crew's clothing, like everything was there except for the crew. Nope. There was no crew. No crew, like not even bones? Not even bones. The even the like life raft was still on board, like the little lifeboat was still on board. No crew. So he was like, "Well, this was she on drugs? This boat is great. This is a great boat. No, probably not. Maybe a pipe, but he's like this this ship full of cargo. Perfect. I'll just put a crew on this ship and we'll sail together back to New York. So he put a crew on board to sell them. They were, you know, sailing along in tandem." Two days after sailing in calm waters, a violent, a violent storm pushed the two vessels apart. 
when Captain Baker, I think it was like two or three days later, was finally able to catch up with the ship, it was sailing aimlessly and the crew was nowhere to be found. Where the fuck is the crew going? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the crew going? I don't know. Like, how? Oh, how? I said, sorry. I, I, like, I tried I to know. logically. Were they still in the Bermuda Triangle? Yes. But where are these, like, where are these people going? They went out like, to the aliens. You would think. They're oh being probed by aliens right now. <laughs> like, if you're going through a bad storm, you would go within the inside of the ship. Like, you would be safe and secure inside the birthing of the ship. Yeah. You don't want to be on deck. Well, you're not going to fucking fall out if you're inside. The ship's not sinking. It's in pristine condition. There's not a note or anything that says, hey. Sorry, cat. Our minds are being taken over <laughs> by a parasite. Now we have to jump off board. Like, where are they going? <laughs> See you in the afterlife. I'm pretty oh. sure it's not Moby Dick, and I'm pretty sure it's not a giant sea squid or a kraken. It could no. be. The kraken. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, where are these jokers going? We'll never know. The last story that I found to be very interesting is the disappearance of the USS Cyclops. It was one of the Navy's biggest fuel ships, and it marks the largest loss of life in the U.S. Navy history in one single incident. In March of 1918, the ship set sail from Brazil, carrying over 10 tons of manganese, and had 309 crew members on board. Wow. After setting sail within the first day, they sent out a radio transmission saying everything was good, they're sailing on time, they'll make it to port whenever they're supposed to, no troubles reported. That's what the Titanic said. And after that transmission, the ship was never seen or heard from again, and they still cannot find the ship to this day. <sighs> so the only thing is, is I meant to look this up, but is manganese flammable? Like, is it explosive? Uh, I think that it is under the right, but I think that it is. But I, I think that there's a certain way. So you would think, like, Maybe that is an explanation. Like, they were setting sail. Maybe somebody didn't do their due diligence and fucking pack it properly. Maybe it touched seawater. I don't know. But the only, like, logical... Well, it says... uh, I just Googled it. It says magnesium is highly flammable. So, it's possible the ship caught on fire. But at at the same time, like... Oh, and it gets hot fast. So, it just melted. It could have just melted. But even then- uh, flame temperatures of magnesium uh, can reach up to uh, 3,100 Celsius or 5,600 Fahrenheit. Although flame height above burning metal is usually more, like, I don't know what the flame height is, but it is highly flammable. So, But even then, like you would think if you heard, no, I don't know, like 10,000 tons is a lot of fucking manganese. Yeah. And if one caught, it probably just exploded. Probably. They might not have had time to send a distress signal. That I could see. Like, somebody smoking, shouldn't have been smoking, killed everybody. And it was 1918, so. Yeah. But 309 people. That's a lot. But yeah. they. Or they could have went through a wormhole, and now the aliens have it. Who knows? Or they're going to come out and, (laughs) you know. 2850 and who knows still dressed in 1918 attire hell yeah who knows what they'll be wearing in the future but imagine the shock like they'll come through and be in the middle of all these giant tankers they probably would have a heart attack 
the shock I of mean, it all. Yeah. Yeah. Or they could have all burned to death. I mean. Like, thinking logically and rationally. <laughs> but the, the fucking ghost ship. But surely you would have something. Something would had to have survived. Not at 50 whatever 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Well. I mean. But you also have to keep in mind they're in water. Salt water. Salt water. Water is water. You did just see the news with the like swirling fire hole. Yeah. Okay. All touché. right. Okay. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Okay. So, yes. Yes, water is water, <sighs> but I think it's 31 degrees Celsius, 56,000. But I think whatever. back then, fire or water didn't catch fire. It's because we're in today's no, world. I don't think that's how that water works. Water catches fire. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Because all sense is being thrown out the window in our time. But I guess at the same time, because I'm pretty sure they did send out a search crew and searched for, I think, a week and found nothing. You would, you would hope that there would be some sort of debris. But again, like you're melting metal. I don't know. Which could be heavy. Yeah. And just sink. Yeah. And there's no telling. No telling. But yeah, like what a way to go. At least it was probably quick. Yeah. That we could say probably for sure. Or if you're hanging with aliens, like hopefully it's been fun. By now you probably know their language. Right. Surely. (laughs) And then the last thing that I found is um, five popular theories that surround the craziness of the Bermuda Triangle. One is rogue waves that are caused by severe storms and squalls that move throughout the area, which, okay, that would make sense. But in terms of the 1881 ghost ship floating around in the fucking Bermuda with no crew, like, again, rogue wave is not going to knock all your crew members off. No, because the ones in the bottom, they're sound asleep in their little hammocks. Like, you guys didn't find skellies in the bottom? Like, come on, man. There's got to be, like, a secret compartment. That all the skellies are. It's a Nobody knows about it. It be still floating today. We'll never know. Um, <gasps> Could you imagine <laughs> if somebody found it? Put a crew on there as an experiment? I would want to I would not crew. want to be on that boat either. Two crews have gone missing. Fuck that. Keep my fat ass on the couch. Okay, so rogue waves, which I could believe, I suppose. It'd be more like a tsunami type wave. Just uh, yeah. the ship. Um, then of course magnetic forces that cause the compass to stop working properly. Um, this is where its connection to Ley Lines lay and why it's a very important ley line spot on the ley line map. Okay. Ley lines. Ley lines. Is it like a bunch of ley lines going through there? Yeah, I believe so. It's kind of like yeah. Stonehenge in terms of how okay. many connect to it. Um, this one is strange to me. So methane bubbles cause large eruptions and take anything in the area back down with it. So doing research on like lakes and stuff that do have a layer of methane trapped below because it's heavier than the water that it's within. Like that is a very scary thing because if it does start to seep up, like it not only can contaminate the water, it can also catch fire, you know, 
um, yeah. cause a lot of sickness within the area that it is near. Like, I don't... Is there methane trapped in the Atlantic? Like, is there even a pocket of methane in that region? I guess if you're stuck in a I'm current, an idiot. I don't know that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say that if there was... We probably would not know about it uh, in the Bermuda Triangle, but if it was closer to land, I'm pretty sure we would know about it because we would have kind of like how you have hurricane drills or hurricane precautions. I'm sure that they would have some kind of, hey, methane precaution, you know, type thing going on, surely. I think this day and age with the technology that we have and as much mapping and testing and probing that we do like how would we not know if there was methane trapped under like so methane bubbles large eruptions ship sinks crew dies that kind of thing okay um i mean it's possibility like you would think it would be report oh i guess if it causes severe sickness maybe not nobody survives I don't know. That's interesting. Um, the lost city of Atlantis. It's in the Bermuda Triangle? That it is a theory that the lost city of Atlantis sank and is now hidden within the Bermuda Triangle, given the, that section of the ocean insane power and energy. So that's, that's a theory. That's where the mermaids are. Yeah. And that's... It's where the Little Mermaid was filmed. <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then, of course, aliens. Because why wouldn't aliens want to hide out in the middle of the Atlantic? We've already got Pacific Rim. Why not Atlantic Rim, you know? Exactly. Oh, my God. They're just chilling out there, man. Maybe that's what everybody flew into. They flew into a spaceship that you can't see. Cloaking abilities. You're out of control. (laughs) I just, I still go with the fact that, like, of all of the galaxies and all of the solar systems and all of the planets that we have yet to even find because we're just tiny. Why Earth? Like, what is so great? Well, we have water, we have oxygen, we have we have everything. So do other planets that we have yet to discover, like... Well, that is very true. Maybe they're just curious about mankind. They might just be curious about Uh, all sorts of things, because, like... Maybe they want to steal our dogs. Because who doesn't like a dog? Okay. Dogs are awesome. And then... (laughs) Or cats. Or maybe they want the kangaroos. You don't know. They have really soft noses. Oh. See? (gasps) They could definitely take all the mosquitoes. For sure. I would not be upset about that. Mosquitoes are necessary for the balance of the earth. Fuck that. Um, And then the last thing... (laughs) Is that uh, a lot of scientifically inclined mentality type people believe that a lot of these Bermuda Triangle incidents can be summed up to human error, bad weather, or like unpredicted weather in high trafficked areas due to ships in like within the Bermuda Triangle. Now that part, if a ship is fucking going down and you're a ship traveling by, like wouldn't you stop off for help? Wouldn't you hear the SOS? Well, yeah, call? that's like a code. Yes. That's like the the sea cold. So that part, I'm just like, okay, yeah, cool. Like high traffic area, whatever. But the bad weather, I can understand, especially if you're not familiar with the weather patterns in that area. 
human error, I can understand. People do dumb shit every day. Like, and mechanical error could also be a, a factor. Yeah. But I don't, like, there's so much energy in that little section. Like, I could, like, human error, cool, but, like, it was a human error based on actual human error, or was it a, you know, magnetic north is now true north, and now we're lost, and my signals aren't going out error, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I I saw one story about the Bermuda Triangle where a guy was flying into Florida, and I can't remember where he was flying from, but he was headed to Florida, and he hit the, like, I guess one of the, the tip of the Bermuda Triangle, yeah. and he claimed, I can't remember, I'm sure it was somewhere on the Discovery Channel that I was watching this, uh, but he claimed that he actually went through a wormhole and he knew people were not going to believe him. So he went to a sketch artist while it was fresh and had this sketch artist sketch like what he could see and he described it in detail. And it was a wor- like what he describes and what, you know, if you were to go through a wormhole, what would it look like type thing? But he said that when he went through this wormhole, he came out and he was two hours ahead of where he should have been. And he showed the logs. He showed what time he took off, what time he landed. He was, um, I can't remember how many miles, but he was like, should have been preparing his landing stuff when he came out of the wormhole. But in his the time in his time frame, he still had like two hours to go before he had to do all that. So it not only jumped him, it jumped him in time and space through this wormhole type thing. So I thought that was interesting. That is pretty interesting. Like, and that would be easy to prove again. Like you said, logs, check his fucking fuel. Yeah. The logs. Yep. His fuel traveled all these miles, but you know, he's only 10 minutes into his flight kind of thing. Like that's weird. Yeah, and everything he said, you know, and they did a really good job on this program uh, showing the fuel, his logbooks, the time, you know, and kind of just, and he did say when he was going through it, like all his magnetic stuff, like everything just went haywire. His radio went haywire. He couldn't put out a distress call. He couldn't, he didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And I can't remember how long he said it lasted. I don't think it was very long. But, I mean, going through something like that, every second feels like an hour, you know? Yeah. So, I thought that was that was pretty interesting. I'm glad you said that. Which is why now I believe in wormholes. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I meant to tell the story. Um, One of our crews was going on, like, a training flight. Like, just a, um, they needed a makeup flight hours type thing. Mm-hmm. And... Part of theirs was to fly out further. And, of course, we touched the Bermuda Triangle being fucking stationed in Florida. And they had something similar, like their comms stopped working when they tried to call out, like it just came through as buzz or nothing. Um, Their dashboards went blank, like nothing was registering. Like they couldn't see how high they were. They couldn't see how far they were. Um the true north thing I think happened on like their little on dash little compass thing. Cause you know, everything's electronic. Yeah. Um, yeah. he said that it lasted, it felt like forever, but I think it was like 10 minutes. 
before Oof. their stuff came back and they were just flying on, you know, they had their maps. So they were just using their maps and, you know, hoping for the best that <laughs> that wouldn't, <Yeah. laughs> that wouldn't betray them. And then, yeah, they came out and all of them were like just ghastly terrified that they weren't going to land where they were supposed to land. And when they finally yeah. got back, uh, one of the, one of the pilots was like, we're never flying that route again. We are never flying that route again. Like the CEO was like, you guys need to stop, you know, like stop. No, it wasn't CEO. It was an yeah. uh, ops officer, I think. Like you guys are just, you're being silly. We're going to continue to fly this route. He's like, no, we're not. We will not fly this route. Like it's straight up almost mutiny. Yeah. But yeah. Like I couldn't imagine. <laughs> and they were all just like in this state of, what the fuck we could have been lost forever to see, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's crazy. There's some of there, some of the, uh, the lucky ones. They made it back. They made it back. A little wormhole pilot and a Navy aircraft. Right. That is really interesting. All right. So about this Alaska triangle, are there very strange? So, the Bermuda Triangle has a sister, yeah. the Alaska Triangle. It is also known as the Alaskan Bermuda Triangle because they yep. wanted to keep it original, <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so clearly this triangle is in Alaska. Uh, and we talked about where it runs. It runs from Juneau to Anchorage to Barrow, which is way up north. Um, I did misquote something. Uh, it is more than 32,000 miles, but the 32,000 miles is actually a search range oh, okay. for um, something that happened. So that was my bad. I do not actually know how many square miles it is, um, but they say if you want to get away, that's where you go. <laughs> if you never want to come back. <laughs> because, yeah, if you never come back. Um so the the area actually began getting public attention in October 1972 when a small private plane carrying the U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs, um, an Alaskan congressman, Nick Bigrich, uh, and his aide, Russell Brown, um, they had a, a what they call a bush pilot which is just somebody who lives in alaska they call it living in the bush yep. you know if you've ever seen alaska bush people that's kind of where this term you know it's been around forever yep. uh but the pilot's name was don jones uh they vanished into thin air while flying from anchorage to juno which i'm assuming that flying from anchorage to juno and juno to anchorage is probably a big deal uh, probably happens quite often all the time yeah. Um, but for more than a month, 50 civilian planes, 40 mil military aircraft, plus a dozen boats covered the search area of a 32,000 square mile, but no trace of the plane, the men, wreckage, or debris were ever found. So they, they went inland, they searched the Gulf of Alaska, they, found nothing nothing so um afterwards more planes went down hikers went missing and alaskan residents and tourists seemed to vanish into thin air 
1988, more than 16,000 people have disappeared in the Alaskan Triangle, uh, with a missing persons rate at more than twice the national average. These people Where are, they are going? Uh, well, keep in mind, like the heart of the Bermuda or the Alaskan Triangle is nothing but mountains, snow, wilderness. Uh, it's it's huge and it's treacherous because you're up there in Alaska and a lot of people aren't really. I well, I guess if you were born and raised in Alaska, you could probably last longer than me yeah. going to Alaska to go on a hike or something. You know, nature <gasps> Maybe walk. They're eating. Maybe the Kodiak killer. Oh God, why? Uh, here we are, <laughs> full circle. I love it. I love it. Um, in any given year, five hundred to two thousand people go missing in Alaska, never to be seen again. Authorities conduct. Hundreds of rescue missions most often return without finding the missing person or any evidence at all. It's crazy. Maybe the bears are eating bones. Maybe the mooses are eating bones. Ooh, man. That's too thick. That's still really weird. Yeah, it's, it's very, very weird. Um, these disappearances are blamed on everything from severe weather to your favorite aliens. They also suggest that there are swirling energy vortexes that kind of V up. And they think like you've got this positive going or negative pressure going down or something positive, whatever. And it's just creating this vortex thing, also known as a wormhole, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. The Alaskan tribe people, the Alaskans, um, they believe in an evil shape-shifting demon of, all right, I'm going to screw this up, Tinglet Indian lore called okay. Hushtaka. Okay. So they also believe that Kushtaka is eating people, I suppose. You know, if the Indians are believing in this shit, then something has to be amiss. I'm Because they are much, much more in tune with nature than we are. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but people, scientists that are thinking logically are pretty sure that these people are just vanishing or dying due to the wilderness wilderness itself due to the dense forest uh they called it craggy mountain peaks and massive glaciers hidden caves and deep crevices um they say that these crevices are really deep and a down aircraft or lost hikers could fall and never be found again um and they're also saying that you know if if a plane crashed into a mountain it could be covered up by snowfall by the very next day. So they're also thinking, you know, due to the heavy snowfall, that could also erase foot footprints. Uh, if you had a campsite, it could cover your campsite. So apparently this is like unforgiving weather. Yeah, but even then, like, it's not constantly snowing there. So 
uh, and snow melts. And in the current environment, like, don't you think if you're doing a leisurely flight over these mountains, you would see maybe a plane fin sticking up or? You're, I could understand, I could see that, but what color was the plane? If the plane was white, that would be like trying to find a snowball in a snowstorm. This is fair. Yeah, that's fair. This is no. my favorite theory. And I think aliens. they're gonna love this. Let's go. Oh no, it's better than aliens. Oh god. Good. Okay. Another theory is of a killer mermaid. <laughs> in Alaska? Yeah. On this land. is for north, up north. Um, one of the most famous mermaid sightings took place in 1608 by English explorer Henry Hudson. Hudson sailed around his namesake of Hudson Bay and explored much of the Northeast and North America and allegedly laid eyes on a half fish, half human beauty uh, that had his boat entrapped. Uh, the marine biology off the coast of Alaska is diverse and beautiful. This includes the majestic orca, Shamu, uh, that lives in small pods, generally found, I'm not even going to try this, but on the islands off the coast of Alaska. Okay. Okay, okay I tried. Um, but does it harbor? But does it harbor beautiful mermaids or something more deadly? The natives in the Arctic have a legend about. Why do all my legends have to have fucking hard names? <laughs> Qualupolic. Qualupolic. This is a, a legend, and not native to Alaska. The we're just gonna call it the Qual. All right, so this Qual lady is a green-skinned, mermaid-like creature with an evil twist. She mm. has long claws, vicious teeth, human legs, and a tail to help steer through the waters. Her favorite food? Young Human. children. Oh, God. Children. Why young children? The qual. I'm calling it the qual because I'm not going to say the full name because I don't know how to say it. Uh, was an old legend told by Intuit Mothers to warn their children about playing near the coast of the sea. Uh, there have been sightings of the qual far from its Can Canadian base and off the coast of Alaska. Perhaps the qual developed a palate away from children? I don't know. Uh, the figures of missing people in the Alaska are eye-watering. The fact that... The fact is that four in every thousand people go missing in Alaska each year. Uh, for a state that's so sparsely populated, this is terrifying. At the rate of Alaskan disappearance, or sorry, the rate of Alaskan disappearances are higher than that of San Francisco, which is a thousand people. A year? Per, a year, I believe. That's crazy. Four in a thousand people go missing each year. And in San Francisco, about a thousand people go missing each year. Uh, like statistically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, 
So I kind of looked at this uh, vortex thing again. So they say that a positive vortex spirals upwards and clockwise motion, creating an enhanced flow of energy. This type is said to be conductive to healing, meditation, creativity, and self-exploration. People actively search these places out to feel inspired, recharged, or uplifted. Uh, Some of these places where positive vortexes are said to exist are the Egyptian pyramids, Stonehenge, uh, the Sedona Desert, and sacred temples and cathedrals throughout the world. Uh, I believe that those are all ley lines, aren't they? Yep. The Sedona one I'll have to look at, but I know like the other ones you mentioned are... So they're saying that... um, there is a positive vortex in Alaska and people go search those out for healing, meditation, all that. Alternatively, negative vortexes spiral downward and counterclockwise motion, creating a draining or depleting energy and depleting the positive energies in its vicinity. In humans, they are believed to cause health problems, including depression, nightmares, disorientation, confusion, and both visual and audio hallucinations. These are also said to cause electrical instruments to malfunction. Some places that are said to be filled with negative vortexes are the Bermuda Triangle, uh, Japan's Devil Sea, and Easter Island. What? Easter Island? With the big jump jump heads? Yep. Dum, dum, give me gum gum. I'm going to go there. I want to go see giant Easter Island heads. I don't want to be in a negative vortex. Sorry. I you have to go along. That's fine. I'll go along. I'll take my husband. He's already <laughs> negative as it is. Just take him along with me. Um. So that's really all I've gotten. I did get some pretty interesting pictures that I'm going to share of these glaciers and these uh um cave and stuff because it's it's pretty intense and you can kind of understand why but if you do want to know more details and more stories the travel channel and on discovery plus there is a program called it's more of a documentary uh but it is called the alaskan triangle and it's a whole series on different stories and tales and Kind of yeah. gives you a better idea on, you know, there's not a lot of information on the Alaskan Triangle. People are just kind of piecing this together. But with all the stories and the tales, that's how they were able to figure out. Well, it's just interesting, though, because the like both of these triangles have a really long history behind them. And again, like the native people believe in this stuff. So, oh, yeah, I definitely would err on the side of caution that they're on now the mermaid creature thing that eats children and now alaskans that's a little interesting like i I can understand (laughs) i can understand telling kids that so they don't play on the shores and if you've ever seen the shores of the west coast like they are not very friendly no like they're nothing like the east coast beaches with golden sands and yeah calm calmish waves like they're they're terrifying shores so that i can understand but 
I even, totally believe it's a mermaid story. Totally. Even the, the yeah, I'm like I oh sure. You know what it is? That Crying. mermaid got kicked out of Atlantis, mm-hmm. went up to Alaska to start eating children because she was mad. That's, That's really my story, funny. and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it's a little fucked up. <laughs> um, but uh, um, uh, what was I gonna say? I don't like. I have watched some of the series of the Alaskan Triangle, yeah. and it's it's really good. It's really detailed. It's and it gives you all sides. Like if you want to be a, a skeptic, it gives you your skeptic side. Like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. Yeah. But if you want to believe in aliens and wormholes, it gives you that side. You can be like, fuck yeah, that's totally how that works. Or you can just listen to both sides and make a really, you know, your own logical decision. Like, oh, it's definitely aliens and mermaids. A lot of, oh my God. <laughs> Again, with the arrogant, um, Earth is the only planet aliens really want. Like, ah. but you have to take both sides. Like there's a reason there are are stories. One, of course, you're going to want to tell something that is a lot more interesting than, Oh God, we sailed through and our compass stopped working. No, you want to like throw a spin on it. Okay. So the Bermuda triangle, I can understand. Like you want to tell, it's one of those, I caught a fish this big. Yes. I caught a fish and it was like this big, but there's still that bit of truth to it. So even though your big fish story was a small fish story, like that's still freaky though. Yeah. And nobody's going to want to listen to a small fish story. <laughs> well, I well. was in a vortex and, you know. I was stuck in the Saragossa Sea and I came across these ghost ships and there were no crew on board, you know. I believe the no crew story, though. Yeah, that's fucking terrifying. There's another ship that I was think Was it found off Japan's coast? I'm sure there was. But I know there's one that I think it's around the Horn of Africa. Or the tip of Africa, that there's a ship that still sails to this day, and it's uncrewed, like it's un unmanned, and it's still sailing to this day. I have to look it up. I know I read it years ago, but that's we need to do a story on cruise ships. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Oh, you're welcome, G. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that was fun. Like the Alaskan Triangle. It's interesting though that it's over land, like. It's mm-hmm. over the land. It looks like, I wonder, can I share this with you? I want to show you this because it looks like it's in more of the, more of the remote. Uh, can you see that? Am I sharing it? Where are you trying to share it? Oh, start sharing. Oops. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like completely over land. No. Yeah. Okay. There's this little, Time like, right here, out. this edge Time is out. part of where they were searching, and they where went the a little further. Is the mermaid going to be? Mermaid's up here. You wouldn't call that a mermaid. You'd call that a fucking alligator. It's a mermaid. An alligator lady. Mermaid. Anyway. But, yeah, it's all, it's very interesting. I'm going to post this picture on our website. Yeah. But. It's like, isn't that crazy? That's yes. different. That's beautiful. So cool. Yeah, I do miss the West Coast, that's for sure. And look at that. Like, you would be lost forever. Look at You're like a speck. 
I still think he. Uh, I guess so. It's the vortexes. Do they go from the sky down or do they go across the land? Oh, that's uh, from from my yeah. This is the yeah the glaciers. That's in it. So I mean, you can literally get lost anywhere, but um, I believe that the vortexes go from the sky to the ground. Yeah, that's how I would. That's picture. the only way that I can make sense of. I mean, because if it goes from like east to west, if it goes horizontally, then you would. Well, I don't know. Maybe they could. They're multi-dimensional vortexes. There you go. Maybe it's Una. a vortex in a cube. Yeah. Who knows. Who knows? Because vortexes don't have to be a triangular shape. Yeah. It could be like portal things. Anyway. Well, what are your thoughts? I definitely don't think it's aliens. I get what you're saying that there are all these little planets, all these galaxies. But who's to say that there's not a gajillion alien races that are already scoping out all these other planets and we just got like I'm not saying a whole alien race is coming to Earth. We just got a few buddies coming down, scoping us out, see what's up. You do realize when we start space travel, like beyond our lifetime, that we too are aliens? Oh, for sure. Okay. I'm just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, wormholes? Wormholes, I could, like, that I could get on board with. Aliens, I, I just, I can't. Well, what do you call them? No, like... I'm not saying that aliens don't exist. I'm not saying that other spatial races do not exist. I'm just saying, like, what is mankind's obsession with aliens coming to Earth? It's unknown. And instead of checking out the triangles and figuring out what's going on there, let's focus on something that we're never going to understand, put all of our time and money into it, because that makes so much sense. It's probably because they, like, the logical, this is how my brain can figure this out, is that the technology that they possess, somehow we've figured out, like, clearly they can outmaneuver us, they can do all these things, these UFOs can do all these things that we can't do, and so they want that. They're coveting the alien technology. Instead of trying to figure out what's going on on our own planet, but then again, who's to say if we don't figure out some alien technology that we can't discover everything we need to discover on our planet? Who knows? Who knows? It, it could be two sides of the same coin. We don't know. We're just puny humans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm with you. I feel like we need to focus more on what's happening here. Like, I'm not saying it would be cool, like, all of a sudden this fucking strange alien alien race lands. One issue that I do have, though, is humans automatically, one, think that they're going to be hostile, and two, want to go to war with them straight away, like every movie, every book. Have you seen book. Independence Day? Have you seen the Tomorrow War? They're not yeah. very friendly. But who's to say that we didn't piss them off? Yeah, or... Well, that's very possible. Like, who's to say, like, 
being the humans that we are, like they said hello in their fucking alien language and we instantly got offended and thought that they were being hostile. Maybe they said it in a hostile way. Oh my God. Maybe that's just how <laughs> they say it. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. I so, uh, totally you know, you see that. Hello. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really? You want to yeah, go? You want to fucking wanna fight? <laughs> 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 fucking aliens. Yeah. See, so. Or maybe, you know, something happened a hundred years ago that was not good to humans and it just kind of got passed down by generations. Maybe it got blown way out of proportion, like probably most of our legends and myths go. You know, I feel like there's some truth, but blown. Aliens helped us build pyramids and Machu Picchu and the Mayan fucking ruins and the Incan ruins. Like, I don't think they were hostile if that was the case. Mm. Anyway. Bermuda Triangle, Alaskan Triangle, Weird Mermaid fucking fish people that eat children. Love it. Five planes that have gone missing, a ghost ship, ley lines. Millions of people. Though I kept waiting for that story about the the ship, that ghost ship. Like, some terrifying, ghastly stories. Like, I kept looking for them. But maybe the History Channel, like, left that out. For the ghost ship in Alaska? No, the ghost ship in the Bermuda. Oh. Well, maybe they just didn't have enough information to do a a bit on it. I think that was pretty interesting, though. Though I'm still mind blown because every time you say Alaskan Triangle, I think like in the water, but no, it's completely over the It's it's over land. I mean, it's got a little water tidbits here and there, but. Yeah, but not like. The Bermuda is all no. land, or all water. Yeah, it's all water. I wonder if there's like, uh, I don't know how to explain what I, I can see it in my head, but I don't know how to explain it. Okay. I wonder if there's like a part of, because the Alaskan Triangle, they're kind of just now discovering like this is something that we need to look into. I'm wondering if they'll discover something kind of like how the Bermuda Triangle has a little circle thing. Oh, the Saragossa Sea? Yeah, the Saragossa Sea. I'm wondering if there's going to be something like that in the Alaskan Triangle. There might Somewhere be. With the, the, the way the jet stream flows, there might be like a air type. Yeah. That would be something to look into. Huh. Didn't think of that. Anyway. So, wouldn't it be weird if you went in through the Bermuda Triangle and came out in the Alaskan Triangle? Holy fuck, talk about a shock. I wonder if the ley line goes through both of them. That would be. I bet it does. So many questions. There are so many ley lines. So many. Yep. My whole body hurts. Oh. Uh, tomorrow, we're starting our 30 day. Yes. Well, we can talk about that too. Um, next next episode. Anywho, well, hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Maybe it gave you something to think about. Yeah, or another way to look at something. Who knows? Or now maybe you believe it inspired in you to want to go to Alaska and or the middle of the Atlantic. 
if you do, write us. We want to hear all about your travels. <laughs> give, us, <laughs> give us your stories. We will talk about them. Um, you can, of course, find us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're working on a little side project for Discord. I still have a lot of tweaking to do, but get excited. We'll have our own Discord soon-ish. Yeah, boy. Um, we have our Patreon. And thank you, Tyler, so much for your support. We'll You're the you best. You need posters. to text me back, yo. <laughs> <laughs> get you your uh, fun little merch in the mail. I know it's not a lot, but, you know, we're starting out. Um, so, cool. yeah, guys, if you if you want to give us a little love, um, either mm-hmm. you know, give us a like, a love, hashtag Coffee Chaos Chatter in a post, share your favorite episode. Like, it's it doesn't cost anything. It's free. Um, if you Love do, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you do wish to get merch or want to see more merch, like t-shirts or coffee mugs, I think coffee mugs will probably be our next good go. For uh, sure. Send us a little bit of monetary love on on the old Patreon dot com, Coffee Chaos Chatter. And we do have our website, so CoffeeChaosChatter dot com has all the links to everything. Uh, podcast where you can listen to us um, the links for what we've discussed so our own research which can help you you know look into the topic more and I think that's about all that is all until next time until the next time and I don't know what my topic's gonna be we'll figure it out we got a week woohoo okay bye bye